How true is it that we need each other? Amen. 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 During our time of worship, Sister Sonia heard, Awake, O Zion, and put on thy strength. The whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, shield of faith, breastplate of righteousness, lines girded with truth, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit. See Ephesians chapter 6, also Isaiah 52, verse 1. Amen. Somebody say, get prepared. Also, um, Pastor Mom has informed me that the um, care, the safety packets are ready for those children that are um, in school and those going to school. So we'll hand them out after service as well. Amen. Um, I want you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark. Can you just give me a little bit on the mic? Just a little bit. I want to work too hard. There you go. The Gospel of Mark. Um, I've always wanted to do this. I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of shying away from even saying what I'm being led to do, but I believe, I truly believe that's the way that the Holy Spirit is leading me is that we are going to walk through the book of Mark. I've been waiting to be able to pick apart the gospel, and it just so happens as I was looking at the calendar, if God keeps us on track, at about the resurrection, around Christmas time, we'll be done. But we'll see. Um, that is the plan. Um, it's a short gospel. But I, I believe we need to learn some things. Amen? Amen? And I'm not going to exegete every verse of this text. That ain't happening. I'm just going to pull out um, what, I, what the Lord has impressed on my heart to share with you from each reading. Amen? So I want you to go to Mark, and I want you to go to the 16th verse. And I am reading out of the New King James Version. Chapter 1. When you have it, you can stand. Yeah, there's so much meat in here. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through it. But, but um, this is what the Lord led me on today. 16 through verse 22. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. 
they immediately left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further from there, he saw G James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. They Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would use me for this time to speak to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The gospel according to Mark is the second of the four New Testament gospels, narratives recounting the life and the death of Jesus Christ. And with Matthew and Luke, one of the three synoptic gospels, those representing a common view, it is attributed to St. Mark, an associate of St. Paul, and a disciple of Peter whose teachings the gospel may reflect. It is the shortest and the earliest of the four gospels, presumably written during the decade preceding the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 um, CE. Most scholars agree that it was used by St. Matthew and St. Luke in composing their accounts. More than 90% of the content of Mark's gospel appears in Matthew's and more than 50% in the gospel of Luke. Although the text lacks literary, literary, literary polish, it is a simple and a direct, and it is the earliest gospel, its primary source of information about Jesus. And his explanations of Jewish customs and his tr translations of Aramaic expressions suggest that he was writing for Gentile converts, probably especially for those converts living in Rome. After an introduction, the gospel describes Jesus' ministry in and around Galilee, his journey to Jerusalem, the passion, and the resurrection. The final passage in Mark is omitted in some manuscripts, including the two oldest, and the shorter passage is substituted in many others. Many scholars believe that these last verses were not written by Mark, or at least not at all the same time as the balance of the gospel, but they were added later to account for the resurrection. Mark's gospel stresses the deeds, the strength, the determination of Jesus and overcoming evil forces and defying the power of Rome. Mark also emphasizes the passion, predicting it as early as chapter 8 and devoting the final third of his gospel to the last week of Jesus' life. What we want to glean today is the importance of our leaving our nets in order to follow Christ. Somebody say, I got to leave it. 
Jesus has arrived on the scene to begin his earthly ministry. He has been baptized by John the Baptist, and he has been led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And after this victory, he gathers his team. They were fishermen. And so we run into these two sets of brothers. These, these two sets of brothers. It's, it's amazing. He comes on the scene. He's baptized. He's immediately led by the Spirit into the wilderness to have victory over Satan. And then he goes and he begins his ministry and he gathers his team. These are all methods. These are all things that, that are very important in the life of a believer. It's important to understand that a lot of times you have to be led into the wilderness. You're going to have some fights with the enemy. You need to have some victories before you gather your team. A lot of people try to gather their team and want to lead a team, but they have no victory. Jesus went, got victory, and now we come to this portion, and he's gathering his team. And, and they were fishermen. Now, this is important because, I, I, like I said, I'm not going to deal too long today, but I wanted you to understand what God is actually doing. So today, many dream of retiring and, you know, spending their, their lives and their years in, by the lake. You know, they go buy houses and they want to move down south. They just want to, you know, go to Florida or go somewhere and just chill out. You understand? But, but in big biblical times, the occupation of a fisherman was a hard one. Somebody say hard. Fishermen, they use nets, they use baskets, they use spears, they use hooks, line in some situations, their bare hands to angle the, the, the mushet, I guess that's what you call it, the sardine, the species common to the Lake of Galilee. Fishing was hard work especially for the fishermen who stood at the bank and had to throw their nets out into the water. Simon said they weren't the most influential people. And for the most part, they were just ordinary guys doing regular work, doing regular work. So it wasn't like they had a 401k. They wasn't looking to retire. If you were a fisherman, you weren't going to be making a whole lot of money, but it was a living. Come on, I'm going somewhere. They weren't influential. They were ordinary guys. They weren't clean. They had a certain smell about them. You ever been? You ever went to Mystic? <laughs> That's about as close as I could get you to them. But, you know, the dock of the bay or whatever, it don't smell too good. And you're spending all day there, you know, it didn't smell too good. Yeah. And the fishermen were gruff, they were rugged, they and not not social uppities at all. They possessed useful skills. They were more likely um, multilingual and had some degree of business savvy, but most importantly, they were hard working. 
Fishing was a common trade around Galilee and where Jesus carried out about 85% of his ministry. Fishermen usually cast their nets at night to avoid the scorching heat of the day and in the morning they pull in what they have. Fish were then caught. They were sold at the market. They were able to um, make a living for their family. But every day was sort of a do or die situation. You know, like going to, now I know none of y'all don't know nothing about this, but we used to have to go to the, you know, what was it called? You go in and you have to wait for somebody to, to, to work for us. You, you're waiting for them to call your name. Temporary labor, that's what it was. You get up five o'clock in the morning, go to the temp agency, give them your name and just sit there hoping you know, you they call your name and you get out there to make you a good forty, fifty dollars or whatever it was, and you did whatever you did for that day, hoping that you was gonna land a permanent job out of this temporary situation. You ain't gonna say nothing. Now that's all right if you single and you ain't got no responsibility and you go ahead and you know make your forty, fifty dollars, go get you a Heineken or something. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing and, and call it a day because you've been waiting. You stressed out and that's about it you save about $20 hoping uh, that's for breakfast money for the next day because you know you may have to wait I ain't, I'm preaching already and and you just sitting there waiting ain't nothing like waiting now imagine you got kids and a wife or a family at home and you out there just waiting and hoping a truck come by that you could get on and make you a little bit of something so your family don't gotta starve for that day Do or die situations. But, but, but what I want you to understand, church, is that this is Jesus, his God in the flesh, about to start his earthly ministry. And he, he never does anything by accident. Everything that Jesus did was on purpose and with purpose. And so here Jesus is, and he's he's gone off, he's done defeated the devil, and now he has to get his team. And their fishermen are just minding their business, trying to make a little something for the day, and didn't know that this encounter with Jesus was an encounter that was going to forever change their lives. In fact, it wasn't going to, I'm preaching already, Christian, we're going to have some church this morning. Not only would it change their lives, but it would change the lives of all of us in this whole world that would come to learn about their ministry. Woo! One encounter, one day, one moment, one encounter, one day, one moment. One interaction, one come with me, y'all better help me, could change your life forever. And so Jesus says, listen, he told them, he said, in verse 16, as he walked by the sea, he saw them casting their net. I need you to hold that, put a pen there, casting, and they were fishermen. And Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately... They left their nets. And he went a little further and he saw two other brothers and they were mending their nets. He put a pen there, mending. And he said, 
come follow me. And they left their father, they left the boat, they left everybody, and they followed him. I'm, I'm only going to give you some points today. I'm not going to spend much time there. I want you to understand when it comes to leaving your net to follow Jesus. If you want God to forever change your life, he is going to change some areas of your life forever. And this is the first thing you need to know that God changed with these men. He changed their focus. Because their focus in the morning was, I need to get out here. I need to catch these fish. I need to make a little bit of money so that we can go ahead and have some food and have some surplus for my family. That was their focus. Their focus was fish. Somebody say, that's their focus. Fish. Talk to me. Say fish. My question to you this morning is, what is your focus? What has been your focus? Because, see, we focus on a lot of different things. We, we focus on, on how we're going to have something laid up for when we retire. We focus on oh, what's going to happen, what's for dinner after this service. We focus on where our kids are going to school. We focus on the clock. When is he going to be done? We focus... On a whole lot of stuff. We focus on how good we look. We focus on our makeup. We focus on our weave. Focus on our nails. We focus on our car. We focus on our rims. We focus on, I'm trying to help you. We, we, we focus. We, we focus. When it comes to stuff we are really concerned about, we focus. But if it ain't got nothing to do with me or where I'm going, there is a loss of focus. Oh, my God, help me. But when you meet Jesus, God said, I'm going to change your focus from fish. Whenever there's only one focus, when Jesus comes and tells you to follow him, there's only one focus. It's not a focus on healing you. It's not a focus on giving you money. It's not a focus on you getting your husband, not a focus on getting your wife. There's only one focus when Jesus comes in your life. I am trying to help you. His focus is not to make your family life and make you happy. I know somebody preached to you and told you all Jesus wants you to be is happy. Lie, lie, lie. I'm trying to help you, but God only has one focus. Do you know what it is? I'm going to tell you. Thank you for asking. It is the focus of the kingdom. His only focus is kingdom. He's trying to get you to stop focusing on everything else that got your life out of focus. Because your life is out of focus because you're not focused on what I want you to be focused on. <laughs> I need you to be focused on the kingdom. The Bible says that it is blessed for us to seek ye first the kingdom of God all his righteousness and all these other things that you're trying to focus on will be added to you. So so he did, he said, listen, come follow me. And they had to leave their nets. They had to reshift their focus because obviously they saw something in Jesus that they did not see out on the water. See, see, God is trying to get you to see something in him that you don't see everywhere else. And that way, he can get your focus. See, life has a way of throwing stuff at you so that it can get your focus off Christ and on your circumstance. But you never look at your circumstance before in the eyes of your situation. I'm preaching already because if I look through the eyes of my situation at my circumstance, 
circumstance is going to look like a no win. But if I look at my situation through the eyes of Jesus, it's going to look like I can do all things through Christ. Who Y'all better help me. So he wants to change your focus. Somebody say focus. Now, not only when he comes into your life, does he change your focus when he says, come follow me. But these fishermen didn't know that they was not only going to change their focus, but he was going to change their finances. Oh, my God. He was going to change their economic status. Yeah, y'all better help me because they thought fish was their supply. And you thought your job was your supply. You thought boo was your supply. You, ah, come on. You thought it was your supply you thought education was your supply you thought who you knew was your supply but God said nope I'm going to shift your finances I am going to be your supply you need a kingdom supply because he who has a kingdom focus write this down he who has a kingdom focus needs a kingdom supply if you ain't looking to do nothing you don't need nothing So he has to change my mind about how I think about my economics. How do I go about achieving the purposes of God? Oh, I'm glad you asked. It is called tithing. I know I just cussed, but it's okay. Forgive me for cussing up in the church. Uh-huh. Because see, tithe is not convenience. Tithing is stock market and kingdom. Tithing is the stock market of the kingdom. When I put in, I know that my stocks are going up. I don't have to watch it every day because I know that I'm going to be okay. Y'all better help me. So while everybody else is going up and down, looking at a graph, I'm looking at heaven. I'm staying with purpose. I'm staying focused because he said, I will supply your need according to my riches and glory. I'm not going to let my purpose be robbed of what it needs to fulfill its purpose y'all better come on so them fishermen said I'm leaving this I'm leaving this net I'm leaving this business it might have been a good day it might look like a good day but I hear something telling me I need to leave that to get with this I'm dropping my money. I'm dropping my source. I'm dropping my work. I'm dropping my labor. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Y'all better help me. I'm going to change your focus, your economics, and then I'm going to change your family. I told you, I told you, I told you. The Bible says that they left the boat, they left their father to follow Jesus. See, he's going to give you a new family dynamic. Because the Bible says he who is, does not leave his mother or father, sister or brother to follow me is not worthy to, to be my disciple. Oh, I know that's hard because I know, I know you, you clinging on. But God said, I'll be your mother. I'll be your father. I'll be your brother. I'll be your sister. I'll be everything that's lacking. Y'all better come on because you were looking for something to supply that I only said there to be a temporary. God, I am your all in all. I am. 
So he's going to change the family values. That's, that's, that's really all I want you to see about the following. Now, now I'm, I'm going to close this message. Because we got to shift our focus. If you want to shift your finances, and then you're going to shift your family. See, it's funny, because when you change focus and your finances change, your family is going to change anyway. <laughs> you missed that. It's all going to change. And so that's what happened to the disciples. But, but here's what happens with this kingdom focus. The ultimate thing that Jesus wanted to instill in these disciples was their faith. Because they had faith in what they were doing, but they also had faith enough to leave it. It might have been working for them. And it's hard to leave something that's working for you. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell on myself. I, I, I was asking God to deliver me. But if he delivered me from drugs and alcohol, I would have to be responsible. So drugs, y'all gonna hear me for this. Drugs and alcohol was working for me. It was killing me and killing those around me, but it was working for me. And I feel like I've been here before. I feel like I feel like I've been here before. See, if I don't want to feel something, if I don't want to move from something, but I know I need to move from it, if I leave it, I I, I know I need to leave it. But if it's working for me, I still I start feeling like I owe that something because it's been good to me. It's been good to me even though it was bad to me. That's why some of y'all sisters can't leave that joker that you, y'all ain't gonna say nothing because you know it ain't good for you, but it's good to you. Oh my God. And people from the outside see it ain't working because you complain about it after the fact. But you go back to it. And the conversation goes something like this. Girl, I told you. I'm not even going to say nothing to her no more because I told her last time. And she's going to go right back there. So I'm not even going to say nothing. How many of y'all can be honest and say you got people you tired of talking to? But, but the disciples, they had faith, and he wanted to give them a kingdom faith, a faith that would stand firm, a faith that would, would, would last. They, <laughs> see, see he, they, what they believed in and thought they were experts in would be changed forever. So he had to see that they have enough faith to just come on the call. He, he, didn't, he didn't say, listen, I know y'all working. I know y'all been doing this for about 20 years. I'm Jesus. I'm the son of God. Watch this. Boom. 
loaf of bread. Huh? Watch this fish, two, two fish. He didn't come out doing no magical tricks. He didn't come with no fanfare. He didn't come with a banner. He didn't come singing. He didn't come with angels flying and harps. This is the son of God. None of that. It, it would have been easy to come if I knew what you can do, but they didn't know. They just heard something in the call. Oh my God. My sheep know my voice and another they will not fall. My, 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 sheep, my sheep know my voice. So, so when you when you hear that still small voice, it's not nothing loud. It's, it's something still. It's something small. Come, come unto me. And the faith and something moves in it. It's like, oh, I got to leave where I am. He's going to change. Now, he's not going to tell you that what you did wasn't going to be used. He's just going to change the way you look at it. He, 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 he didn't say he was gone. Oh my God. He said, Wait, I know you're a fisherman, but come follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. <laughs> I'm going to use what you've been doing for my glory. I'm going to shift it. I'm not, oh, I'm, I, there's not going to be a fish that's going to be wasted. Uh, there's not going to be a struggle that's going to be wasted. There's not going to be a pain that's going to be wasted. There's not going to be a situation that's going to be wasted. I'm going to use all that. Oh, what was you? I'm going to use, y'all better help me. I'm going to use what you've been trusting in to go ahead and bring others in. But I got to change the way you think. And he was going to change their faith and their focus forever. Oh, let me prove it to you. They would never look at water the same. Because what they was used to fishing in, they learned they could walk on. Y'all better help me. They were never going to look at water the same way ever again. Oh, my God. They were never going to look at a wave or a storm the same way. Because before, whenever they were in a storm, they had to batten down the hatches. But now they said, oh, he who said, get to the other side, even if we got to get there on broken pieces. I'm trying to tell you, some of you know what I'm talking about because the devil will hit you on all sides and you know it's a storm, but you don't freak out over the storm no more. You don't lose your mind over the storm no more. You don't drink of ICA over the storm no more. You don't smoke weed over the storm no more. You don't sex with everybody over the storm. You walk on the water and you say peace. They would never look at anything again the same way. So he changed their focus. He changed their finances. He changed their family. He established their faith all to establish their future. Because where they were going was nowhere. But now heaven would be their home. Said where I go, you shall be with me also. Oh my God. See, see, I told you the whole two words. I am almost done. Yeah, God, there you go. I'm right there. Let's go. Let's have some church up in here. Up in here. He, he said he found the first ones casting their nets. Now, this word cast means to cause to move or send forth by throwing. I'm going to say it again. It, it, it means to cause to move or to send forth by throwing. He caught two of them casting their nets. 
He caught the other two mending their nets. Don't shout yet, better. Don't, don't, don't you shout yet more off of this. Because some of you are going to shout or just off the definition. Let me preach it first. They were mending their nets. That means to make something broken, worn or torn, or otherwise damaged, whole again. Sound or usable by repairing. He found two casting their nets, sending forth by throwing. He caught the other two mending. To mend is to make whole again, to make sound again, to make usable again by repairing. When Jesus walked up on them, he didn't want them casting or mending. <laughs> oh my God. He wants us to become the net. He don't want you throwing nothing out. He's already mended us. He wants us to be, be the net. The disciples, he, he found the disciples doing something that he wanted in his hand. Gee, Jesus, y'all better, better help me. See, if we would only allow God to use us as nets, he will increase the value of your life. Some of us have been thrown into situations that we have no business being in. When God throws you into something, you better believe you're coming out. I'm reminded of Daniel being thrown into a lion's den. But that devil didn't know that Daniel was a net. And it was God who cast Daniel into the lion's den. I know, I know, I know. Y'all wanna, y'all been in situations and you wanna cry about it. I don't cry about any situation I find myself in because I understand that I am a net and wherever God throws me, I'm coming out catching something. You could put me in jail, I'm coming out with 500 people saved. You could throw me in a pit, I'm coming out running the palace. You could, y'all better help me. And not only that, he don't want you mending when God put it all back together again. He said, now I'm going to use you to mend people because he who was once broken is now whole. He will give us a sound mind. He will, <laughs> he will repair the breach. He will fix what is broken in our lives. Somebody say, that's me. Somebody say, I'm a neck. Come on, say, I'm a neck. Now let me go ahead and blow your mind. See, what you take home is net. What you take home is net. You get net after the government has taken off of gross. And the government tells you, you need to make good with net. While it done taxed your gross. God said, you are the net. I am the gross. You take what came out of me. I got mine. You work with what you got left. 
Because if I'm the net and he's the cruise, I got all things. I got everything I need. Y'all better help me up in here. The thing about the government, they take this without even asking you. People who don't have enough is because they haven't worked from their, their, their net and they don't understand their net. So they try to operate out of gross. You can't operate out of gross because you're only net. Jesus. Jesus. So he said, I got, I got you. And they were willing to leave everything they knew so they could be in the hands of a father. And look at all the fish they done caught. Jesus. Look at all the good that you could do. If you just become the net. If you just stop getting caught up in the net. Such a blessing. I've given you what God told me to give you. I ain't, I, I, I mean, I'm listening. You got to, you. Mm. Nope. Nope. So now my question to you, come on, Deja, play that track for me, is this. Are you going to give God everything? Are you going to give him everything? I ain't talking about just because he won't see he can't work and he, he can't make you that net until you give it all to him and a lot of us just surrender pieces God you can have this part but not this part and you still trying to mend it you're still trying to fix it and you're still trying to throw it out there and see what you can get. And you still keep coming back empty. You still keep coming back empty. When the one who loves you says, come and I'll fill you. Come. That's what it, that's what it is. I'll fill you to overflow. When they, when they cast their nets where Jesus told them, they said they couldn't even bring in the fish. It was so much. That's overflow. That's overflow. We don't serve a little God. We serve an overflow God. But there's principles. And he says, you got you to gotta give it all to me. Stop trying to handle that pain. Give it to him. That struggle, give it to him. That hard head and give it to him. Give him everything. Give him your marriage. Give them your kids, your job, your finances, your thoughts, your attitudes. Give it to them. I can't trust anybody. I can't, I can't trust. I got, we, why do we have to hold on to something? We got to hold on to something. God said, let it go. Let it go. 
Put it all on the table. Bet it all. somebody in here that hasn't surrendered everything. I can't call you up to this altar. I'm not laying hands on you. I'm not doing But if that's you, just stand where you are. Stand where you are. If you're ready to give God everything, he said, your standing is identification enough that you no longer want to be in the struggle that you're in. You no longer want to be in the pain that you're in. Let him make you a fisher of men. Stand. Do not put off what God wants to do in your life. And I'm not going into no prophetic. I ain't coming to get nobody. I ain't tapping nobody. You know God is speaking to you. He said, you haven't been giving me everything. I want it all. Trust me with it all. Thank you, God. Father, we bless you. And we thank you. Now, I did that for a purpose because what I left out and I didn't touch is notice that Jesus didn't beg them to come. simply said come and the Bible says immediately Mark says immediately I can't even count how many times because it shows how important fast movement is you ever rip a band-aid off don't do it slow just rip it immediately Especially me, I got a lot of hair on my arms. Don't take nothing off slow, immediately. And the reason why some did not stand when they know they should have stood is because they are afraid to let go of the pain. So God says, say it one more time, stand. Withholding nothing. Amen. Withholding nothing. Father God, we thank you right now. Let us be nets in your hand. Let us be the ones you can cast out. And the ones you can mend. Because sometimes when nets get thrown out, they get damaged. Father, we thank you. We place everything under your control. And we thank you that you would call us. For those that didn't, those are still fighting. We thank you that the door to heaven is not shut. We thank you, God, that you, your grace and your mercy will be extended.
But God, let us let go and give you full control. Keep us as we're absent from one another until we come in and meet again. That you may speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace.